Rob, and this is What's on Joe Minds Rack Time. We're doing a double review this time. We'll be talking about G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 270, and G.I. Joe, number 5. One's great, the other, eh. Which one's which? Let's begin and find out. I'll start with Real American Hero 270. It's part 5 of Snake Hunt by Larry Hama and Netho Diaz. This issue can be summed up very quickly. The Joes are mobilizing all their forces on all fronts to rescue Throwdown. Even Heavy Metal is helping to organize things, and he's supposed to be dead. Then Hawk gets a phone call. It's the Department of Defense. The mission is off. Everyone has to go back. These are the Joes in Staten Island and the ninjas in Greenwich Village. Meanwhile, Zartan has helped Destro and the Baroness escape Revanche. In breaking news, Destro says he has a bone to pick with Cobra Commander. Also, Crystal Ball and the October Guard repeat the same intelligence as last time. Hey, there's a lot of stuff at the community center. I bet that's where Snake Eyes is. To end the issue, the Joes all decide if they can't go officially, they'll all take leave and do the rescue off the books. Just as things were getting to move in this story, this issue grinds them to a halt. It's kind of filler. I think it's a result of the story being solicited as 10 parts from the start by IDW, and I don't know if Larry is comfortable with writing that way. He's always said that when he starts a page, he doesn't know how it will end. It's kind of an organic, almost improvisational type of process. If the story solicited months out as a 10-part epic, then you've got to fill those pages, even if a better story can be told in about seven or eight issues. I kind of lay the blame at the feet of the editors. Poor editing steps in to make a story padded for the trade, trades that are solicited by volume numbers anyway, and then doesn't step in to say which Joes are dead and shouldn't show up in the pit. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about G.I. Joe number 5 by Paul Aller and Chris Avenhouse. The issue is titled Dreadnokistan, but it's about Indianapolis. Over the first four issues, we've heard constant mention that Indianapolis attempted resistance to Cobra's growing authority and was made an example of. The inhabitants of the city were massacred, and in this issue we find out how and who survived. The story opens with an execution. An old man is kneeling before two younger men. He's the grandfather of one of the younger men. One of the men, Zartan, is pointing a gun at his head. Zartan says, I wish I could have saved you, old man Smythe. The old man thanks Zartan. The other young man is Buzzer. Just then, an arrow knocks the gun out of Zartan's hand. Two others, Ripper and Torch, open fire in anticipation of a Cobra attack. Zartan tells them to hold. Stalker and Jinx step out of the woods and reveals they stop the execution, saying that they come in peace. Old Man Smythe explains that he was not being executed, but doing his part for the community. He's too old and frail to work for the community anymore, and the community should not be expected to use scarce and valuable resources on him. Zartan explains that there are 63 people in the community, and due to the circumstances, every one of them must earn their place. Do your part for the community, and then do whatever the knock you want, is the motto. Jinx comments that she and Stalker came here looking for heroes, but found people acting like animals. Buzzer explains that they act this way because they were treated that way by Cobra. The city was destroyed when 2,000 battle android troopers came into the city and hunted down everyone. Men, women, and children, the old and the young. Those that tried to fight died, and those that tried to run died. All that was left were the animals, the Dreadnoughts. Zartan tells Stalker that the Dreadnoughts used to be a gang in town until Cobra destroyed it. The surviving members became the core of the community. He himself was a Sierra Gordian national in town on business, trapped when Cobra moved in. Stalker tells Zartan that he and Jinx are there to evacuate the community because Cobra's coming back. They are going to exterminate the survivors and make Indianapolis their new North American capital. Meanwhile, Jinx has impressed Buzzer into initiating her into the Dreadnoughts, which means riding a motorcycle as fast as you can while the other Dreadnoughts chase you and shoot at you. They stumble across a bat on patrol. The bat kills the other Dreadnoughts. 
Buzzard tries to take it down in a suicide run with bombs taped to his chest. Jinx stops him from doing that. They hustle to the evacuation point. The Joes have brought helicopters to get the people out before Cobra's final push into the city. As the three copters take off, the patrol bat runs down a pedestrian bridge that's probably the Monon Trail in town and forces one copter into the other, bringing them both down. The copter with the Joes circles back to the crash site. The crash has taken a heavy toll on the community. There are only 16 survivors, including Zartan and Buzzer. Not his grandfather. He didn't make it. Zartan decides they will stay and retreat to a nature preserve across the river. As they leave, Jinx tries to figure out what went wrong. Stalker says it's a war zone. There are no lessons here. This series continues to impress. I was not expecting this take on the Dreadnoughts at all. They're still a lawless band, but they're not villains. They're not heroes. They're survivors. They're fighters in a battle that they're probably going to lose. They're anarchic and violent, but also somehow noble. And nobility is not a trait that the Dreadnoughts have been known for in the past. They're a little bit more like characters here, and not just caricatures. Seeing the hometown in this issue was a bit of a mixed bag. Indianapolis does not get featured in comics very often at all. When I was a kid in New York, all I had to do was pick up any Marvel comic to see the city. Indianapolis is a much less frequent setting. Still, even in ruins, it was neat to see the Monon Trail and the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. It is disconcerting to know that in this world I died at the hands of a soulless killing machine. Personally, I think that the commander had the city destroyed because he bet heavily on the Patriots in Super Bowl XLVI, held at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. When the Giants defeated the Patriots 21-17, our fate was sealed. That's all the running jokes for this week. Until next time, I'll see you at the Comics Rack.